This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Yeah, I'm very, very happy with the performance. I, um, we, it was clear that we need a, a complete performance in all aspects of the game, defensively, offensively, and in transition, offensive and defensively, defensive-wise. And we did this. We were very brave with the ball. We never lost intensity against the ball. Even we had some moments where, where we suffered and had to defend deep. But we stayed very active. We were always, uh, always aggressive and very, very uh, brave. Um, so this was, this was the key. It was a, a top team performance and a deserved win. On the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Oh yeah, the new manager bounce is still going strong with Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea speaking after their latest win at Anfield just early this morning. Welcome to Friday Night with me, Ross. This is On The Ball along with my guests. Bob Holmes is here. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Des Corkill joins us as well. Hello, Des. I'm miserable because of the Liverpool defeat and I'm absolutely fuming because of VAR. Get the expletive deleted. Beep, ready. <laughs> yes, it's that Des. <laughs> Craig Marias is also here. Hello, Craig. Hello, hello. Do tweet at BFM Radio. Alternatively, find us all on Twitter. Also, um, follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you want to keep up to speed with La Liga, Serie A, and the Bundesliga, then check out our TFIF on video via YouTube. Right. Last night's big game then. Liverpool nil, Chelsea won. Bob Holmes, Liverpool create unwanted history with a fifth consecutive home defeat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, incredible, isn't it? Ever. They've never done this in their history. No one saw this coming after last season, of course. Um, but uh, it's getting serious. And I'm just a bit worried that... Uh, Klopp isn't uh, making enough changes. I had a look at uh, what happened at Borussia Dortmund. Um, remember, he, um, you know, he was a great success there and uh, almost won the Champions League, won the title twice. And then in, in his last season, they plummeted and they were in the relegation zone just before Christmas when they have their winter break. And then he did recover. They did recover quite well. They ended up seventh and they got into the Europa League. But I was just wondering if there's something about Klopp and this, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and playing the same players, basically the same players over and over again. Um, when the front three are not really working, he's had quite a few opportunities to change things. And to, I think most people are surprised, he brought Mo Salah off. Of the three, you would say Mo Salah being the Premier League's leading scorer. He took it well. Not just though. Liverpool's. Uh, well, I don't think, <laughs> don't think his agent did. Um, you know, to take him off, I mean, uh, was, uh, I thought that was amazing. And uh, I'm just, just getting a little bit concerned. He does seem a little bit rattled. I mean, he, he's great and, you know everybody who's got any feeling whatsoever for Liverpool loves the man and always will. But this is affecting him. And you do worry whether yeah. he's got it in him uh, to change the players. He's got great loyalty, he has great loyalty for these players. 
And Bill Shankly was like this, you know, another similarity with the great man. He hung on to his great players. He was in, in the end, he was guilty of being a bit too loyal to some mm. of the greats and didn't change early enough. I just wonder if Klopp is perhaps going to do the same thing. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll come to Craig and, and, and how good Chelsea were in, in a few moments. But I want to ask you, Des, Jurgen Klopp moving back, uh, moving a fit again, Fabinho, back into that central defensive role. Did it send the wrong message to the new signings? And would he be better used back in central midfield? Because before the injury, the latest Fabinho injury, they were saying he, he's better used in midfield, right? Uh, he's a very different player. I just need to commend Bob on, on many of the points I was going to bring up. And Shanks did actually hold on to that great team. And Ian St. John, of course, died earlier this week, um, uh, which, was, which was a big shame and idol for Liverpool. And the Jurgen Klopp comparison where he did drop down to the relegation zones in, in the Bundesliga, but he did recover and semi-rebuild the team and got them back up to, to seventh. And I'm seeing parallels here. It, 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 incredibly disappointing last night's result. And in many ways, the performance, I think Chelsea thoroughly deserved the victory because they, they just looked at all stages like they were going to, um, to pick it up. Um, you play your best defenders. Would you want Matt Phillips, who's a little bit static, up against uh, Timo Werner, who's all movement? Um, but then, but then it, the, it, argument, the argument there is you have Fabinho shielding them. And you, you're uh, poss- making possibly, defenders then. And, and that was one of the problems yesterday and that Liverpool were undone by the long ball over the channel several times. And, and then, so rather strangely, that, that, that points the finger at Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson for being too far forward, particularly yeah. uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. And yet one of the big advantages of Liverpool when they do get the ball going forward is the, the width of Alexander-Arnold. So I think it needs tweaking. Liverpool are at, at, at 15%, 10-15% less effective than they were last year. But I saw enough yesterday to not be massively discouraged. And so I got the old calculator out, looked at the fixtures coming up, starting with Fulham. And, and, and I reckon with that new attitude, maybe a little bit of change of fortune, the likes of Jota coming back into the reckoning, the likes of Nabi Keita coming back into the reckoning. Uh, I'm not, um, yeah, I'm worried. I don't want Liverpool to finish out the, the top six, but I think top six is a certainty. Top four is still on with the points available where I'm anticipating 70 points for right. this season. That'd this weekend's four. Fulham game is going to be massive. We'll talk about that later. Craig Marias, when Roman Abramovich sacked Frank Lampard in January, everybody cried, but, but in the, at the end of the day, Bambi had to go. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you, you're looking at um, you know the the whole situation now, and you're thinking, oh, is this a masterstroke? Uh, because I mean, Tuchel's he's turned it around. To be fair to him, um, you talk about the new manager bounce. You know, you talk about um, you know a manager coming in and, and and bringing his new ideas in, and players kind of taking a little bit of time to to kind of get up to speed. Three but, play- three Chelsea players stood out for me. Christensen at the back, Mason yeah. Mount, teacher's pet with all managers, yeah. and, and, and I thought Timo Werner had probably his best game in a Chelsea shirt. Yeah, uh, I mean, with, with Christensen, um, you've got to look at the situation again. Um, he, he's only in that team because Thiago Silva is in yeah. there. <laughs> he probably wouldn't have had it looking otherwise. Uh, with Mason Mount, I think, it's, you know, I think it's very clear. You know, he gets this teacher's pet thing all the time. but he's <laughs> he, works, he does his homework. That's why, Craig. 
<laughs> he does so everybody's I, homework as well. Yeah, it's a, ter- so a terrific goal as well. Terrific yeah. goal. Yeah. I just think he's so underrated, and he and he unfairly gets um, this tag of being a teacher's pet because he's in the starting lineup. Uh, I, I think it's purely just because Lampard took him to to, to Derby, um, and then you know when he became Chelsea manager, uh, played him a lot in the first team. Southgate has now started playing him uh, yeah. a lot in the in the first team. But he, he's a fantastic player. I can't I can't speak highly enough of him. He's versatile. Ahead of Madison in the England reckoning. Uh, different positions uh, because Mason Mount plays a lot uh, deeper than Madison. Madison plays that ten uh, usually, uh, so totally different. But. You know, back to what I said, you know, Mason Mount can play the 10. He can play out wide. He can play as Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he can do multiple positions. So, it, it, I mean, he's just a very, very good footballer who who can make the difference. Um, I, I thought Timo Werner was good because, uh, as Des said, you know, it was that ball over the top. He stretched that defence. And, and, you know, that's why, you know, I mean, as Cop said in his, his post-match interview, that's why they played him instead of, of Giroud. Um uh, I mean, you know, Tuchel, uh, you know, as I said, you know, he's coming, he's he's studied the ship because that, that defence, oh my God. I mean, you know, it's looking really hard to penetrate. Um, you, you know, you've got arguably your best central defender out in Thiago Silva. In comes Christensen. He seems to be doing a job. Rudiger has been brought in uh, from, from the cold. You know, he, he didn't even play uh, under Lampard. But now he's getting a run into the team. Um, ahead of Zuma, he's looking the part. He's looking like a German international, uh, and he was a big signing for them. Yeah. Um, it just looks really solid all around. The yeah. one thing that I have with Tuchel and, and and this Chelsea team is is the fact that you know you don't see a lot of goals from them with the t- with the type of quality that they have. You know that you don't see a lot of goals coming. You know it's it's, it's always scrappy one nils or or yeah. you know goal wins, which, which is fine. You know it's fine, but you know, if you if you come up against a team, you know that's you know in in full full force in in terms of attacking quality, you know you're gonna have to come out a little bit more. Um, but you know, tactics spawn uh, last night. I thought absolutely spawn. Um, and, and like the rest of the boys, I'm a little bit worried for Liverpool. Not. I think Craig Craig's just trying to say that <laughs> that, that Tuchel is just a German <laughs> uh, Jose Mourinho. Moving on then, um, we'll be talking about the rest, basically, because Man City on Tuesday night made it 21 wins on the bounce. It was Man City 4, Wolves 1, Gabriel Jesus got himself a brace. Wolves had the temerity, Bob Holmes, to equalise at one point. Holding City to a one-one. I mean, <laughs> I'm shaking my head here. But but yeah, Pep Guardiola. He 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 praised his players. He said they've got through a really difficult winter. My word, what a way to get through it! Eh, 21 wins. Yeah, amazing. And to think at the beginning of the season, well, up until the autumn, actually, we were saying City are not quite the same. You know, they've made a slow start. Liverpool was still top. And it was looking very much like a repeat of the previous season. And then that City finally got going and they haven't stopped since. And I think this really is mainly down to Pep and the way he manages to rotate them, changing, I think, six, six players in the, in the Wolves game, uh, six different starters. And it doesn't seem to make any difference. They all slot in to their roles. And uh, I think this is why 
the uh, they go, they're going to win it, and this is why they could end up winning three or four trophies this season. This is the season for that, and I think it's because of the strength in depth. There's no question. I mean, they've got a nation state behind them, and even they're making even Manchester United look uh, poor. The United bench is nothing like the City bench. Yeah. They've just got that strength, and when something a crisis like this happens, they're the ones who are going to uh, come through it. Whereas everybody else is mix and match. And look at Liverpool, who probably had the thinnest squad of all, the best, I think, when the season kicked off. But actually, it was the thinnest. And we've seen what's happened. They've been decimated by injuries. And they haven't even gone into the transfer market in any serious way to remedy that. Whereas City had have been buying a centre-half every season for 50 million quid. And they finally got one that fits in Ruben Diaz. And they've got that solidity at the back. And even though they haven't been quite scoring as many goals as usual, they are looking ominous. And yeah. uh, that, I think that's the reason. Yeah. How nice was Riyad Mahrez's goal? Wow. Um, all right. While well, City runs away with it, the the other minor positions in the league, um, Craig Marias, zebras in the mist is how I'm going to describe Man United. Crystal Palace nil, Man United nil. Um, not a lot to say about a game like that when it's a 4 a.m. kickoff. You set three alarms, you wake up, and then you get really cheesed off at halftime. Uh, zebras in the mist is that like year in headlines? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, if you go back to last week, you know, I, I called this before the Chelsea match. Um, this is three I, three goalless games now, Craig. Should, should that be a worry? It is, yeah. Massively, massively. Um, and, and, I, and I called this um, last week uh, before the Chelsea match. I did say that they're not looking sharp. They look lethargic. Um, something's not right in terms of uh, the players' performance levels. Um, I think, uh, you know, you talk about rotation and, and you know, Bob just touched up uh, on it just now. Um, the, the strength of that city bench, where you know you can choose to have Sterling in the stands and and still have a very very strong team out there. Uh, United just don't have that kind of quality, um, and it's evident to see, um, which is a very big worry if, if you are supposedly uh, challenging for for titles and trophies. Um, you know, Pogba's out. Yeah, we can all cry about that, but that's that's you know you should have enough quality in that squad to be beating the likes of Crystal Palace. Um, you, you know, I thought, I don't think the performance was was awful against Chelsea. Um, I thought, you know, they really should have had a penalty. I don't understand that. And I'm sure we're going to come back to it when we look at the, full, um, the Fulham goal. Um, but yeah, it, it just it just looks like lethargic performances going forward. I mean, defensively, yeah, okay, it's still okay. It's not the worst, but you're just lacking that, that bit of creativity. Um, you're looking at Bruno, you know, a lot of, uh, he's been given a lot of credit since he's joined United. He's gone flat. Uh, Rashford's gone flat. Um, there's a big striking problem up front because um, Marshall's obviously not doing the business. Uh, Cavani came back from injury, maybe being a little bit too harsh from him after being a couple of weeks out. But, um, you know, it's just not clicking. You're not creating enough chances, not penetrating enough. And uh, I think Ole has to be worried about this. Yep. I mean, you, you don't go three goals, uh, three games without scoring a goal. All right. Well, Man United didn't lose... 
ground on second spot because Leicester drew 1-1 with Burnley. Um, Everton 1-1-0 away at West Brom. Spurs had a very lucky 1-0 win against Fulham. We'll talk more about those particular games when we come back after the break. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take me to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9 has come up with uh, something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Bob Holmes, Des Corkill and Craig Marias here looking forward to match week 28 in the EPL. Uh, the early kickoff on Saturday is Burnley against Arsenal on home soil this, this season. Burnley have four wins, five draws, five losses. Arsenal seem to like playing Burnley. Mikel Arteta came out and actually said that. That's called kill. I don't know what the fuss is about. Burnley's all right. <laughs> but they're actually coming into good form now, Arsenal. They are an improving side. Um, they're inconsistent. They lose the games that... Um, uh, they went through that little spell where they, 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 they weren't firing on all cylinders. But suddenly, they look with their young players as though they're a team who could be getting up into the Europa League places. I'm certainly not counting them out for that because I think some teams are going to fall away and Arsenal not too far off the pace to get up into the, into the top six. Um, is Arteta the man? Well, he, he, keeps, he keeps one step forward, one step back, one step forward, one step back. I think this is another of those little tests, uh, a game against Burnley, which Burnley will turn up, the one that suffocated uh, or capitulated so easily against uh, Tottenham and West Brom, for that matter. Yeah. Even yeah. Uh, where, they, where they, um, they were second best against 10 men. So maybe Burnley have had their little spell, which they think, and they go back to the, to the bad old Burnley ways. But uh, yeah, I, I, Arsenal are nice to watch. Uh, Arsenal fans are incredibly frustrated. But from a neutral, neutral point of view, I can see what he is trying to build, Mikel Arteta. But I put him in the same category as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, which you lot all are as well, you Man United fans. Is he really going to take them on to that top level? And um, yep. the, the jury has been out ever since he was appointed, in all honesty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one thing you, you, can, you can say for Mikel Arteta is... He, he stuck to his guns, Bob Holmes. Last weekend, that 3-1 that win against Leicester was thanks mainly to two much maligned players in Willian and, and Pepe. They turned up. They put in, like, superb performances in Arsenal shirts. Um, I haven't said that before, I don't think. Not, not two of them together. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Um, I mean, Pepe cost seventy-two million. He's the club record uh, signing. I mean, it, it's way above what they paid for Alba Mayang. Um, I mean, it's uh, incredible, and they really haven't had uh, anything like that sort of value from him yet. You can see that there is a player in there. I mean, he's had his moments, and I think that they've got to persevere with him because if they sold him now. They, they would only get a fraction of that 72 million. And it, he is gradually improving. And I think if, um, if they persist, I think they will get, you know, a tune out of him, a proper tune. And uh, maybe not 72 million's worth, but um, I think there's a good player there. Willian, well, since he signed, he's hardly, he's hardly done anything for them, has he? I mean, it, he was one of my favorite players when he was at Chelsea. Always 100%. 
And it now looks as if for the last two seasons there, he was just playing for his contract. Because the moment he got a three-year contract with Arsenal, Chelsea wouldn't, wouldn't give him one, uh, he, he downed tools, basically. And he's only just woken up and is offering anything. In fact, that was the first decent game he had uh, against Leicester, I reckon. Uh, but a very good player and is the sort of player that Arsenal need. So it's been a problem for Arteta to try to juggle the, the front line. He's had Aubameyang has been absent as well uh, for personal reasons and also injured. Um, so it's, it's been a problem for a, for a new manager to juggle all this with young players coming through as well. Uh, I think he's done a pretty good job. And uh, they are improving. The trajectory is upwards. And he has won a trophy. So I, definitely, Arsenal should stick with him. I think he is a decent manager in the making. All right. Well, Burnley are looking to do the double over Arsenal. They won the reverse fixture 1-0. Burnley have only won once in the last eight Premier League matches. Four draws, three defeats. That is an eight. 30 p.m. kickoff, Burnley versus Arsenal. Brighton versus Leicester is Sunday at 4 a.m. Uh, Craig Marias, Leicester City are, are battered. Their, their top four hopes seem to be receding game by game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it doesn't help the fact that, you know, Madison's out. Uh, Harvey Barnes looks like he's going to be out for, um, for about six weeks now or, or possibly longer. Looks very serious, possibly the whole season, because I think it was a knee injury. Um, and those are two, two crucial players. Um, we saw how Leicester were when, when Madison wasn't there. You know, they had to readjust. They don't have a light-for-light -light replacement. Um, similarly with, with Barnes as well. You know, they don't really have... I mean, I know they got under uh, to come in. but Johnny Evans um, as know, well, right, at the back? Yeah, I think they can cope with the, with the defensive... Um, uh, absentees, I, I think they can. I think they've got enough there. Um, although Ndidi played at the back, not not exactly the best, but uh, I think they they're they're all right there. It's just going forward, you know. I mean, um, the, I mean, Harvey Barnes was in the form of his life. Yeah, you know, he's really um, get, getting into a good period in the season um, where he's really um, you know putting the numbers in terms of goals, assists. Madison similarly, um, but you just look at that Leicester side and you're looking um, at who can actually provide for, for Jamie Vardy. Now, Iheanacho obviously came in. They played with two up top. Um, you know, does you know, Rodgers have to kind of change his whole tactical uh, game plan because of, uh, of the injuries? Um, I, you know, I can't recall the last time uh, by this week that Leicester have played with two up top. So it's, it's a whole new kind of ball game for them. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how, how Leicester approach this. Um, you know, will I be worried if I was... Brendan Rodgers, of course, because they've done fantastically the whole season. We remember what happened to Leicester last exactly. season. Exactly. Um, that must be preying on the minds. Definitely. And you'd be desperate to avoid that because, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, we talk about them competing for that second spot. As long as they make the Champions League, you know, it, it's a massive success. I mean, even if they make Europe, it's a, it's, a, it's a big success for me. But as long as they finish in those Champions League spots, you know, I think, you know, everyone will be lauding Brendan Rodgers and the job that he's done there if they aren't ready. All right. 
Well, a depleted Leicester going to Brighton. And I, I guess for Graham Potter and Brighton, uh, Des Corkill, he, he, they probably want the season to be over right now. They, they just want it to stop right now and start next season. But they come into the game off the back of a 1-0 loss to West Brom. They have to be careful here. Brighton and Newcastle are the two teams most likely to be caught if they're going to get caught. Correct. First VAR rant. You remember the whistle that just happened before <laughs> Lewis Dunk's shot went into the line. We'll ignore the fact that Brighton missed two penalties, by the way. <laughs> we'll ignore that little, that, little, uh, that little gem. But that was the first VAR rant, which I haven't been able to rant about. Uh, if, if, if VAR is interfering like that, then it is not fit for purpose, number one. But getting back to your actual point, yeah, Brighton are a little bit close because Fulham are looking like a, a team in a decent amount of form. It's, what, three points between yeah. Brighton, Newcastle and, and Fulham. Even West Brom, are in, in, in my book, I don't think West Brom are completely out of this yet because uh, a couple of wins either way, a couple of wins for West Brom, a couple of defeats for Brighton, Newcastle, and West Brom can get back into the equation as well. So, yeah, Brighton, for much as I, I've enjoyed them, that, um, that whistle and the two missed penalties in many ways summed up their season. And they are far, far, far too close uh, to, to the drop for, um, for, for, for their comfort and anybody's comfort, I think. Um, they're a nice team. Uh, where are they getting the goals from? We, we've been asking that all season. Yeah. And when they do score them, the whistle counts them. When they get the penalties, they miss, they miss them. them. So, so, <laughs> so there's, a, there's a kind of a problem for them there. They could get sucked in into that um, bottom uh, three fight. I hope not. I like Brighton. I reckon it will be a 1-1 draw, this one. Uh, Brighton versus Leicester is Sunday, 4 a.m. Uh, Tarek Lamptey could may or may not be back for Brighton. He's quite big. Um, right, that's it. We're going for another break. You stick with us. Our weekend preview continues right after this. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Bob Holmes, Craig Marias, Des Corkill joining me to look forward to the weekend's EPL. Do tweet at BFM Radio. Do follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. We also have a video out talking about La Liga, Serie A and the Bundesliga. Do check out TFIF on video via YouTube. Right then, West Brom versus Newcastle is a Sunday 8pm kickoff. This game is massive. Um, Craig Marias, Newcastle have won just two of their last 15 matches. Steve Bruce is under fire. When is Steve Bruce never under fire? I hear you say. But uh, there, there are reports of a training ground bust up between Bruce and Matt Ritchie. Um, all is not well, but all has never been well with Newcastle for a while now. It's never been well um, when, you know, when you talk about the fans and the relationship with the owner and, and, and things like that. I think uh, with Bruce, um, he, he's just been given the job. He's been doing a decent job to keep them in the division, uh, to keep them, you know, going along until uh, Mike Ashley manages to sell the club. Um, when you hear reports, though, of, um, of you know, players... Uh, fighting with Bruce and, you know, Bruce allegedly um, physically uh, approaching Matt Ritchie and, and, and things like that. 
uh, then it then it gets a bit serious because that's when you know you've probably lost the dressing room. And once you lose that dressing room, uh, you know it's a very dark, dark place, and uh, there's only one outcome from that. Um, however, um, you know, just reading reports, you know, it's going to cost Mike Ashley and Newcastle four million to get rid of him. Yeah. So I mean, um, you know, he's, he's not exactly one to part away with his cash that easily, uh, Mike Ashley. So uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he just sticks with him throughout the season. Um, but if he does, you know, I just can't see how Newcastle get out of this. I mean, yeah. you look at, the, I mean, they've had a horrendous time with injuries uh, this season. You know, we talk about Liverpool and they're obviously going to get a lot of the spotlight because they were champions. They're, they're in the top end of the table. Steve Bruce has had to cope with a lot. I mean, you're talking about uh, your best player, uh, you know, not not even featuring in a match, match day squad for about two months because of COVID. Um, you know, you lose your best goalkeeper. Um, you know, Lascelles has never been 100% fit. He's been in and out of the squad. He's had he's had a lot to put up with, uh, has Steve Bruce. Um, and yet, you know, he's never really gone down to that relegation battle kind of thing. But they're slowly getting uh, sucked into that. And um, I fear for them. I yeah. really do. I mean, look, at, I've, I've watched Fulham play. I've watched Sheffield United play. Uh, and I've watched um, West Brom play over the last week. And they look like teams, you know, I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be tough for Sheffield United, but they've got fight. Uh, you know, they've got that, you know, a little bit of spirit. Um, not fantastic players, but they, they're all willing to dig in. Um, and I've seen that from Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United. I, I looked at, at Newcastle and, and the players just don't look like they're up for it. They really don't. And, and that's worrying going into the six-pointer. Exactly. Uh, what cost Miguel Almiron is ruled out as well for Newcastle. Yeah. So that yeah, yeah, along with Sam Maximan, Callum Wilson, and all that. But Callum earlier Wilson, on, yeah. earlier on, Bob, uh, Craig mentioned <laughs> four million pounds payoff. Uh, oddly, that was what Sam Allardyce received from Newcastle United. He then bought a property and named it Casa St James. <laughs> Did he invite Mike Ashley? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, this but, is this is yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, carry on. they've got a fight here, Allardyce and West Brom. Have they got it in them with what 11, 12 games ago? Uh, just about, I think. Uh, I thought a few games ago, Big Sam was talking as if he'd given up on his record uh, of never having been relegated, saying it didn't bother him and all that sort of thing. Um, I don't think it does that much. And I don't think even the possibility of a 5 million bonus um, worries him because he's already, he's a rich man. He's a very rich man, as you've just said. Um, but uh, I think he, he will probably see uh, or get a bit of a sniff of of a route out here. If they can beat Newcastle, uh, they have been picking up a little bit. They've been playing better and they're showing some fight. Uh, and when you, when you look at it, it's the teams that are showing fight that have got a chance. Teams like Newcastle who are not, and their dressing room seems to be in some disarray uh, on top of the injury problems. They are the more likely ones to suffer. And if West Brom can get three points here, they're closing the gap and Newcastle are the most likely candidates to slip down. You sometimes get a club who just goes on a terrible run, like Southampton, for example. Yeah. Uh, you know, eight, I think it's eight now, isn't it, in a row, eight defeats in a row. But Southampton were too high up. Um, I think if they, if they carry on losing, they probably still won't go down. But um, 
Newcastle could slip down with only two wins in 15 games and, you know, no momentum whatsoever, more injuries than just about anybody else now. Um, it doesn't look good. And I've got a hunch that West Brom can, uh, can win this one. I wouldn't put a, my house on them surviving, but I think they can win this one and make it very nervy for Newcastle for well, the rest of the season. All right. Well, the Baggies will have to address a poor run of results at home. Two <laughs> wins, four draws, four draws, eight losses in their 14 at home. Uh, that one is a Sunday 8 p.m. kickoff. West Brom against Newcastle United. Liverpool against Fulham is Sunday at 10 p.m. Um, you want to talk about how unlucky Fulham were against uh, Tottenham, Des Corkill. Uh, and they were really unlucky in that game. Uh, yes and no. Tot Tottenham created more chances. Tottenham probably deserved to win and Tottenham scored the, uh, the, 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 the one goal, the legitimate goal that was given. There was another perfectly legitimate goal that wasn't given for Fulham. And I think this is the VAR gods deciding that, hey, we gave Brighton a little bit of something uh, last weekend. So we've just got to weave in things a little bit uh, with another really crap decision, a dreadful decision. How Lamina is a judge to have handled the ball when other players handle the ball um, <laughs> or the ball hits the hand routinely, routinely. And how Lamina is a judge to have, I don't know, he's probably passed it, pinpoint straight into, into, into the feet. Oh, my yeah. giddy aunt. It is just astonishing. Look at Callum Hudson and Doyle last week. Hmm? When it's up there. Callum Hudson and Doyle last Abs week. It's up there. Angola Kante last night as well. Yeah, Angola Kante last night, yeah. I yeah. wasn't going to mention it, but you bring it up. And, and yeah. the inconsistency is just Agreed. incredible. Agreed. We will make it better. We will avoid any problems. They can draw those crappy lines across and uh, they deny Dianne a goal, deny Timo Werner a goal by the armpit, armpit air uh, on, on his shirt. And they can, uh, they can stupidly work out uh, the, 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 the time of a whistle is blown to, compared to the the speed of a ball and the velocity and the lung power of a referee and yet they can make a crap ridiculous dishonest dishonest decision like that to deny Fulham a goal from um, a Fulham point of view that could be as expensive as the goal that was uh, allowed in the Aston Villa um, uh, the, the Ted Bournemouth down uh, that Aston Villa conceded last year so VAR is not fit for purpose and if Fulham go down I want them to go to the courts of law and say this is not in the laws of the game. I'd love, I'm really looking for a club to go to the courts of law now. I reckon, I reckon if, if, if Fulham do go down, they might have to sell that Michael Jackson statue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <That's still up. laughs> I don't know actually No but um, they are showing fight and, and Bob Holmes you can bet your bottom dollar Scott Parker will bring a battling Fulham To Anfield Where it's been rocky Now Jürgen Klopp's gonna Not only have to stop the run of losses He's gonna have to get a win here Yeah um, Scott Parker will definitely sniff A possibility of an upset here um, a 1-0 will be enough, won't it? Uh, it's, it seems to be always 1-0. Um, because Liverpool just do not look like scoring. I mean, they didn't get a shot on target until late on uh, earlier today, uh, which is really quite shocking when you think about the firepower that they have or had. Um, as I said earlier, I think that um, Mane and Firmino were were the guys who were really misfiring. 
and yet he he took uh, Salah off against Chelsea. I think he's got to do something, Jurgen Klopp, about this front three. He's got uh, Diogo Jota back now. He came on for half an hour, um, and that's a positive sign. And I mean, he was a great success, wasn't he? Until he had his long injury. Um, hopefully, he can recapture that form. And um, but somebody's got to got to go. And uh, I would say Firmino is the guy that's underperforming. But it's Liverpool's inability to even get shots on target that that is so worrying. Yeah, 85th um, minute, their first shot against Chelsea. 85th minute, yeah. And uh, Fulham can organise a defence. I mean, they're quite accomplished now. They started uh, the last game, I think, with only one player that they had in the first game of the season. They've really changed the squad mm. uh, that went up from last, uh, from the championship last season. I mean, that's what you have to do if, you, you know, if you're going to compete. And uh, for the second half of the season, they've, you know, they've been looking reasonable. They just they have a bit of a problem with goals, but uh, they could always nick one. And uh, I think Liverpool have got work to do here. I mean, you'd put it down as an absolute banker normally. This one, Liverpool, ah, this is three points, no question about it. But the way Liverpool are struggling to break down teams, then I think that Fulham have got a sniff of a chance, definitely. All right, May 2012, the last time Fulham won 1-0 away at Anfield. It's a Sunday 10pm kickoff, Liverpool versus Fulham. Uh, final break, back with the Manchester derby right after this. Lovely football, speed of that little passenger play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. A two-goal lead, a pitch of a goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Thanks for sticking with us. Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, Craig Marias here, looking forward to Man City versus Manchester United. Monday, half past midnight, it kicks off um, a United win, Craig Marias. We'll close the gap to um, manageable, he laughs. 11 points. <laughs> a what? A United win, did you do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let, let's just see. Let's just start small. Will United score a goal? Mate, I'll take a nil-nil, mate. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> take a fourth nil-nil on the bounce. This is Scott City that little bit. Um no, it's, it, it, I mean, it, it's a weird one, this, because um, I think if you look at Solskjaer's record against uh, big teams, you know, since he's come in, you know, he kind of knows how to kind of uh, to stipple them. Uh, he's got a great record against City as well. Um, and, you know, he's come in under some criticism over the last couple of uh, games. Um, and, and what a better way to, to kind of respond. Um, am I getting my hopes up? Of course not. You know, I think this City team is absolutely outstanding. Um, I think Des touched on it just now. You know, it's not exactly the kind of city or pep side that we're used to in terms of pretty football, in terms of free flowing, in terms of goal scoring. Um, but it's an effective city side, which is what I think he never really grasped on since coming to the Premier League. You know, um, you look about, uh, you talk about the investment that he's made into the city side, never really addressed the um, the, the defensive side of things. You know, it was all about keeping possession. Um, and uh, obviously, if City have possession, you know, it's, it's a lot harder for the opposition to score. Um, however, I think he, he's rectified that. You know, he's gone out and, you know, Stones has become a, you know, a much improved player after, you know, not really featuring much last season. 
Um, you know, he's gone out and he's got uh, Cancelo, um, who, who's taken a while to adapt, but he's come really, really good this season. Left back is still a bit of a problem, um, so I think he's gonna he'll probably address that um, uh, this summer with fifty um, million but, or something. Yeah, oh, probably more than that. But um, <laughs> but no, I mean it, it's effective. He's doing what he needs to do. He, he he's got a solid backline, and, and that's where the sound, uh, the foundations are built. Um, he's allowing you know your, your your players further forward to to kind of build on that and and grab the odd goal here and there. Um, but what's what I've noticed about City is that they're finding ways to win. You know, it gets to the 80th minute, they manage to get a goal from somewhere. You know, and um, uh, it's a very different City side from from what we've seen before. Um, I, I mean, I, I just can't see how how United win this game. Um, you know, even if they're playing the counter attack and this that, I just think City are. Um, they're storming to the title. Um, and, you know, I think Bob touched on it just now, you know, about three months ago, you know, we were definitely not saying this. You know, we were questioning Pep and, and City because they were down there. Um, bear in mind, they did have a couple of games in hand. Um, but, you know, this this City team is storming to this title. Um, and I don't think uh, United have it in them. Uh, the way they're playing, um, I don't think United have it in them to, to stop them. I, I, I think I read a stat that said City haven't fallen behind in, in a game all season, um, which is, yeah, which is amazing. But one definite... Yeah, no, that this weekend then. Exactly. <laughs> well, there, there, there is one statistic that United have. Uh, it's unbeaten oh. away from home all season yeah. so far. Mm. So that's up. Uh, no, no, mate, I called it. Let's call kill, Liverpool fan. How can Man United nick one here? So, um, I'm, I'm really bemused by the stick that Man United fans are giving Solskjaer. I, I really am, because you're, you're way, way ahead of where you thought you were going to be. You weren't happy when you were worried about that you were going to be down amongst the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the mid-table teams. Now you're second, you're not happy. Um, what he's done is he's put a, a, a revitalised um, back line in, even with his having to change Henderson and Begeer occasionally, uh, he's reintroduced uh, Eric Bailly into um, a, a viable alternative to Lindelof. He's made you really, really difficult to break. You've got exciting talent going forward. Even against Crystal Palace, you missed chances. Yeah, Zaha missed the, the late one, but uh, you, were, you, you were close enough to have actually nicked that game. Uh, I, I'm just bemused at how... how I don't think it's it's a way we're criticizing Solskjaer. I mean, I'm I'm pro Solskjaer. It's just the fact that you know we're lacking currently, and I'm talking about on current form quality. You know, we're just lacking that spark. We're lacking that bit of quality in the final third. And but you're United way ahead. You're way ahead of where you 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 were reckoning that you would be. And I'm not hearing positive things from my United fans. I'm just not. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I think that a goalless draw is on here because Man United have four minutes. Chelsea nil nil, Liverpool nil nil, United big game nil nil. It's not quite shut up shop, but it's it's just play with six behind the six behind the ball and and trying to use Rashford's pace on the breakaway and maybe get a penalty or or a free kick for for Bruno um, to, to to do something magical. So if if anyone is able to stop. Uh, Manchester City it is Manchester United whether or not whether they're good enough to win I don't know but I would um, keep on keep on dissing your team Man United fans keep on dissing your team but I, I just don't understand it City have won five of the last ten derbies against United in all competitions there have been four losses one draw it is a half past midnight kickoff 
It's the Manchester derby. Um, the late game, or rather early Monday morning game, 3.15 a.m. kickoff, is a, a London derby. Tottenham Hotspur against Crystal Palace. Um, Tottenham have been quietly going along since Mourinho was last under pressure. He's chalked up two wins very nicely. We're saying nice things about Bale, Kane and Son again. Della Ali's figured back into the plans, Bob Holmes. Um, all is kind of going well again, ish. Uh, yes, ish. Um, I think the big thing is that Gareth Bale finally looks as if he's uh, going to make an impact. Uh, he's actually starting games and looking a little bit like the old Bale. We've even seen a bit of a, pay, a bit of pace from him uh, and a goal or two. Uh, so that's a massive plus because when he signed, I mean, that was regarded as quite a coup to get um, a world-class player back and and all that. And we thought he would be hungry and fit and everything, but it didn't work out. It, it was beginning to look like a, uh, a bit of a, he was beginning to look like a flop. And there were questions of whether he was finished or not at top level, but suddenly he's, um, he's come good or he's coming good. And I think to have someone of that caliber for the run in of the season and Spurs are still in not everything, but they're still in the Carabao cup. They've got a final with city. They've they're still in Europe and they're still in contention for a top four place, maybe a little bit distant, but they're still in contention. And with uh, Kane and, uh, and Deli Alley rejuvenated apparently and son, I mean, that is a very formidable front line, isn't it? Or whatever you want to call it attacking four. So uh, Mourinho has been relatively quiet lately um, and just gone on with a job and the Spurs are coming back at the right time. So having, having these uh, top class um, forwards, I'll call them forwards um, because they do seem to play all over the place, but they are essentially attacking players. Having that in your arsenal is really some advantage and uh, they've gone through I think the worst of it you know the crowded schedule they had at the beginning of the season they survived that and uh, a lot a lot of people were writing Spurs off a few weeks ago but they're coming back at the right time so I think Spurs are, are going to be um, in contention for something at the end of the season even if it's only a top four uh, slot yep um Opponents, Crystal Palace, well, the best you can say about them is they, they've had no, they haven't even flirted with relegation this season, Craig Marias. And one of the main reasons of that is because of 35-year-old Gary Cahill. He, 35, <laughs> he's, no, seriously, he's been a rock for them. He's out of contract uh, at the end of the season. Um, I'm like eight of their players out of contract as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we, we, we laugh at Uncle Roy and all that, but he does a job and it's a, it's a million pound, you know what I mean, business <laughs> where, where, when he keeps the club up. Look, I mean, I, I think I've said this on the show before, you know, I, I think teams like Crystal Palace um, just need managers that keep them in the division year in, year out. I mean, there's no real European ambition. Um, as long as they stay away from that relegation fight, uh, they're comfortably in that mid-table position and, and, you know, are going to be in the Premier League the next year. Um, that's job done for me. And, and Roy Hodgson has managed to do that. Yes, there, there are a few nervy moments here and there. And, you know, it's always a worry when uh, someone like Zaha is injured and you know, you're just wondering where those performances are coming from. 
Um, but somehow or another, you know, he's always managed to, to, to do it. And, and he's always made Crystal Palace tough to break down defensively. I mean, talk about Gary Cahill. Um, you know, he's, he's a, a defender that's been around for, for a long, long time, experience. And that's what he has in the back line, you know, experience. You look at the likes of Joel Ward, um, Gary Cahill, Van Arnold. Um, they've all played in the league for a long time. Um, so um, it, it, it's one of those where, you know, as a Palace fan, what are you looking forward to every week? You know, if you get a win, you're celebrating. If you lose, it's like, oh, okay, but we're going to be in the Premier League next season. And, it, and it's one of those really confusing positions, uh, very confusing club, because th- th- there's no one coming in and, 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 and saying, Roy, here you go, here's 100 million, go and spend it uh, this summer, which the likes of promoted teams have done, like Villa have done for a couple of seasons now. Um, Roy Hodgson or, or any Crystal Palace manager that comes in doesn't quite have that luxury. So um, just be happy that you're in the Premier League. That's all, really. <laughs> in a nutshell, that is Crystal Palace. Tottenham Crystal Palace is a Monday, 3.15 a.m. kickoff. Elsewhere, you've got Sheffield United against Southampton. That's quite crucial. Midlands Derby, Aston Villa against Wolves. Um uh, we, we've also got a couple of games on Monday, or rather Tuesday morning, our time. We'll talk about them on Monday's shows. Chelsea against uh, Everton, West Ham against Leeds United. That's your weekend's football for now. I'm going to say thanks to Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Craig Marais. Thank you very much. And thanks, Des Corkill. Get rid of VAR and Liverpool win a game. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. Speak to you on Monday. Bye now. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is now. It's ball. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.